Tonight's episode is sponsored by the only energy drink to have won an Oscar three times. Mountain Sea Blast. We open on the four of you with Atsimanu and Grandma finishing their concoction. They have brewed this interesting cauldron full of bubbling mauve liquid. And it smells like something you've smelled before, but you couldn't possibly place exactly what it is. The two of them feed a dose of this to the chained-up sea-blasted. And the the pallor starts to go away. And the frazzledness starts to, to recede. And then as the camera cuts, it's a young man in business casual adjusting his, his uh, tie, going, Oh, that was quite weird. What happened there? Well, son, uh, unfortunately for you, you just happened to be caught in the wrong rainstorm and uh, lost control of the faculty of your mind. But fear not, as always, he has provided a way and you have returned to your senses. Him? And he points to Sir Osmond. I smile. Well, he he helped, but no, he the the Lord, my son, he provided. Oh, the you're light. a Lord, oh, Sir Osmond. Uh, thank you, my Lord. The honor of saving you falls not only to me, but to all you see on this land. Be sure to be grateful. Oh, thank you, little girl. Thank you, angsty teen. Thank you, Stone Surfer. Hey, man. Thank you. And thank you, Shark Man. Welcome. So, um, I think I missed my business meeting. He looks at his watch. Yes, it would be fair to say that you have missed a fair amount of time. But? I better catch the bus. I'm not certain there is a bus. You are on an island, which is actually a turtle. Okay, I thought he was the one who was stoned. No, man, he's a shark. You weren't wrong. All right, gentlemen. Well, it would appear that the potion has worked. Now we must determine a way to distribute it to the masses. Well, if distribution's what you're looking for, he reaches into his jacket and pulls out a business card. It looks clean and recently printed. Ooh. Now look at it. The name's Bill Montano. I work for the Green Isthmus Bottling Company. Green Isthmus... I can't spell that. Yeah, that might be why we're not doing so great. Our advertising team has been having trouble with catchy slogans. Also, Trevor, it's on the card. You shouldn't need to have to spell it. 
Wait, do words speak to you? Because, like, when I look at words, you know, I put all the letters in order in my head, and then I sound it out, and then I find the definition, and then I say it. This is exactly why we're having trouble reaching the wider market. Well, if you're looking for a slogan, why don't you work with us and discover one called Saviors of This Land? I believe that's actually a um, religious organization based out of Utah. Oh, I know that word. Father O'Malley, I believe that is your cue. Oh, you're you're one of the saviors? Oh, uh, no, I... I, I, did, I didn't... I, you're not wearing the, the, the hat or or the funny mask, and I don't see your three wives here, so I, I I think it was an honest mistake. I'm sorry. I hope you didn't take anything by that. There's, there's no offense to be had. Uh, you simply are ill-informed. It happens. Uh, certainly, I surround myself with the ill-informed, so uh, you should not fret over uh, any verbal mishandlings. In any event, it may behoove the Green Isthmus Bottling Company uh, to market this potion. That's what we'll call it. The Potion. It's not a terrible name, but it's not as flashy as your fiendish competitors. The Green Isthmus Potion. Made in the ocean. The Fiendish Potion. Uh, that's a lot of words. It, it is. That was almost reminiscent of song. See, from the, the marketing classes I took in community college, I was very strongly told that most marketing slogans and name brands should be one or two words. So, we want to make sure we sound hip and cool to the kids. So how about the cool potion? I, I think that might be a bit on the nose. What about the explosion potion? What's an explosion? Perhaps the two words would be best. It was made on the ocean. Why not ocean potion? You are a genius, sir. I just need you to sign this paper right here, please. Why, thank you. Though my true strengths are in combat. Oh, I would, but I do not have a feather. Name at the bottom. Here, here you go. Well, this is a fine tribute for saving you, but it is uh, of no small means of a means of uh, creating my uh, my signature upon your parchment here. Yes, yes. Uh, just, just sign there, and uh... well, I would, but I must first acquire a feather and a bottle of ink with which to dip into it. I just, just gave you a pen. Yes, I appreciate the gesture, but uh, I have no use for this. I, uh, to make a signature, I require a feather. Is is this guy serious? Osmond, you can use that device the gentleman gave you to sign your signature. Uh, do you see the small plastic cap? Ah, I understand how this works now. I begin rubbing the small plastic cap onto the dotted line. No, no, remove the cap. Ah! I pull the pushy cap out. Place the metallic end of the implement on the paper. 
Ah, yes, I see. And I remove the cap and begin writing with the cap. So, you guys gotta be honest. We're on, we're on punked, right? There's cameras somewhere. Cameras? I don't like cameras. Where's the camera? Yeah, look around vigorously. As you look around vigorously, you see that the feather priestess has put in her headphones and is walking away. And Grandma is staring out into space as though she's not really here anymore. As the bird priestess is walking away, I reach out and pluck one of the feathers from her feathered garb and then walk over and in the proper orientation fasten it with a piece of tape to the pen and then hand it back to Osmond. I put a hand up. No, no, I have almost got this as I continue to try to write with the cap. I promise you this will work a lot faster. If you insist, truly, I will never understand the ways of this era. You're riding back on the boat with Bill Montano, and he is getting seasick. Ah, I've never been on a boat before. This is... And he vomits directly onto the deck. Well, that's the hoses for. You got a hose on this thing? I point to the wall where there's a hose. Oh. 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 Yes, I'm afraid there isn't much gardening to be done aboard the ship. Oh. Ah! <sighs> Where are you going once you get back on shore? Well, we have a handful of choices. We can stop by and see Luann, whomst was lifely threatened during Sir Osmond's encounter with a big bad guy. Um, we can shoot right over to the smithy and get armaments repaired or go on vacation. I think in lieu of all those things, we should probably take the ocean potion to the green Isthmus bottling company so we can prepare to distribute the cure for the zombie apocalypse. Well, since we have such a plethora of things to do, why don't I take the post to the company, you take your sword to the smith, and Osmond take himself to his bow? Og. Og can clearly come with me, or go with Osmond, or go with Father O'Malley, because you get to make a choice, because you're a free-thinking friend. Okay, so where are we going? Who wants to go first? I have given my ideas. Oh, no, everyone's just doing right. it because it's here easier. We, yeah, that's, here that's great. Here we, here we go. I have a D6. Uh, Marty, you're one and two. Woo! Kevin, you're three and four. I'm five and six. That's cheating. Matt never rolls high. I rolled a one. Marty goes first. <laughs> All right! <laughs> Did I catch you in your evil plot? No, I was just picking names and numbers. That was all. So, Bill, me, Trevor Ebbs, on our way to the factory. We're going to bottle things and sell them. So, you travel across town 
to the Green Isthmus bottling plant, and it is a metal shack. In fact, you can see several hoses screwed into the faucets for the neighbors on either side. Huh. Yeah, our uh, water bill was getting a little high, so we decided to diversify. Okay. So, like, do we have to make more potion? Um, I don't know how to do that. Or do we just bottle what we have? Well, the trick is, is if you want anything to really spread out, you'd use this as concentrate. So you're saying I should mystify it? Well, people don't usually drink mist. Hmm. But we can, like, plug it into a machine where we'd normally put, like, I don't know, the caffeine bucket, and it would feed that into the, the, the beverage. Or, I have it in down at the watering plant. We can just dump in the sound's water supply. Yeah, but I already have the rights for ocean potions, so. I mean, I want to save the city, but I'd also like to make a little bit of money and save my failing company, too. Look at us. Our door is made of cardboard. And he moves a cardboard sheet over. Behind oh. which there's just a hole in the wall of the building. Where's the hole go? Inside. Okay. It's like a deluxe window. Yes. It's a deluxe window. Okay. So, like, let's get bottling. And I go stand in front of the bottles. And I start tippity-tapping on the top. No, no, that's not how we do it. I mean, we gotta... We have to start an advertising campaign, and we gotta come up with extra labels, and we gotta... You don't just pour it into a bottle, it's already done. I mean, then the, the security seal's gonna be tampered with. People won't drink it. Huh. Haven't you thought any of this through? Well, no. I usually pay people to think stuff for me. So, like, no, you can pay me to think stuff for you. But I am paying you to think stuff for me. Oh, you're, I'm getting paid for this? Well, you have my product. Well, no, it's my product. No, you have the rights to the name. <laughs> you silly goose. How are you going to sell this without the Ocean Potion name? That's essential. That's, that's one of the most important parts of this. Well... As it just so happens, I have a good friend. And I call Chuck. <laughs> oh, hey, what's going on there, totes? <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, check it out, bro. I need you to pass the phone over to Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, man. Oh, hey, man, what's going on? Oh, sorry, I didn't answer. I thought you might be a bill collector. No, no, I would, you know, they don't do that anymore, but they do try to sell you new car stuff. So, like, you know. Oh, oh man, I just, that's, I just have tote screen my calls. Cool, man. He's very good at it. I he, Hey, he's been, been practicing. Yeah. So, like, check it out. <laughs> I got my dude down here, Bill Montano. Dude. Yeah, man. And he, like, owns a bottling company. And we've got this super cool new drink. And he's down here, and he's going to bottle it. But we need some funds, and we need some dudes, and we need a crew, and we need a foreman, and we need some gear, and I need it, like, you know, by tomorrow. So we can just start pumping this stuff out. Oh, and run an ad scheme. Thanks, man. And then I hang up. 
I'm just going to have you roll two dice. Will both cars do it? I don't know. We'll have to wait until tomorrow to see. Boo-doo-doo-doo-boo! Tomorrow! Speaking of tomorrow, it's not tomorrow yet. It's still today. That's okay. There's still two other days worth of things going on today. Uh, that's exactly what we're doing now, is we're going to move over to a different day of today. So, what's happening now is happening now. But whose now is happening now? Well, mine already happened, so it has to be somebody else's. Well, right. whose is it? I must investigate the princess and the good lady Luan. You get back to their fortress, and there is a big sign out front. Kids Day. Free kids entry into arena shows with qualifying adult purchase. Well, it certainly is good to see this establishment is all for family bonding experiences. And I walk inside. You walk past a school bus unloading children and into the grand foyer. Seated at the desk near the entrance, wearing a sweater vest over his post-apocalyptic bondage gear, is Rudy. Why, hello there, my notable youthful friend. It appears you have gotten yourself an even better posting in this occupation of yours. Mm. Well, yeah, they kind of... I got beat up and they stole my bike. So I don't have to bike around here. I see. They noticed your weakness and decided to bolster it by bringing you here to an arena. A fantastic job, I'd say. You'll be yeah, beating those bullies back in no time. They, they've told me if I, you know, mess up this and, you know, direct calls to the wrong place, I'm probably going to be in the next fight. But but I'm doing my best, so... And he rings a bicycle bell sitting on his desk. That's all I have left of it. They said they didn't want it and hit me with it before they took off. But I keep it as a, as a souvenir and a reminder of... Better days. So, how can I direct you? I'm here to speak with the princess, as well as with the good lady Luan. Um, the, the prince, princess? Oh, jeez. Uh, uh. He starts going through an old-fashioned Rolodex. Uh, princess, princess, um. Yes. Her boots are driven around by the invisible... Ch you, you know this, yes? Oh, God, oh, God. Oh, my God. I, uh... Um... Who... Uh, the, um... Now, young Rudy, it's very rude to forget whom the princess of this place is. Oh, please don't tell anyone they're gonna put me in against a velociraptor or... Or a really big bear or something. But it is in combat that a man finds his inner strength and the resolve to fight on. He begins weeping openly. I pat him on the shoulder. This is also a sign of strength. A true man knows when to cry. You move past the poor fellow ugly crying at the desk and wander into the building. Hey folks, welcome to the middle of episode 25. 
We just wanted to take a minute and thank you for being here and listening this long and give a quick reminder that you can find Expeditions of the Extra Normal on all your favorite podcast streaming services, such as Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and many more. Also, while you're at it, give a listen to our other show, Weirdwood Preparatory Academy. That one's rated M, but that's okay. Just keep the kids away. Also, if you're interested in expanding your D&D miniature collection, you can head on over to Etsy and check out the Umbral Concession. And don't forget, episode 26 is right around the corner, so this is your last chance to get any last-minute questions in that you might have for the cast, about the show, or in general. We'll do what we can to answer anything you got. And now, back to the show. We cut to Father O'Malley. Father O'Malley, what are you doing? I am bringing my sword to Serena to have it repaired uh, so that it does not break. So I know where she lives, so I'll roll up on her house. You roll up on her house. There is razor wire and automated sentry turrets set up around the perimeter. Uh, is there a doorbell? Yes, there is. I will ring the doorbell. As you ring the doorbell, a camera above the door swivels and faces you. An electronic voice comes in over an intercom. Can I help you? Yes, uh, I am Father Donald O'Malley. I'm looking for Serena the blacksmith. Uh, I'm hoping she can help me with some damage to uh, my holy weapon. Is this one of those LARP things? No. I am a friend of hers. Uh, She has done some smithy work for my compatriot, Sir Osmond of the Flow. Okay, this is definitely some of that LARP shit. Uh, Is that... Tiffany, is that you, dear? Are you here for Tiffany, or are you here for Selena? I know them both. I'm here to see Selena, but I'm just trying at the moment to find someone who knows who I am. I saved Tiffany's life a few months back um, with the help of my companions, and then to help us out, her sister, Selena, repaired my knight's armor. It's kind of creepy that a... Middle-aged man dressed as a priest is looking for my two daughters. I think you're going to have to roll to manipulate me or something to get me to open this door. So a five and a two is a seven. Plus three is... I don't know how math works. It's a ten. Madam... I assure you that it might be creepy if a man who happened to be dressed as a priest showed up here. But I am, in fact, a member of the priesthood. I am a Catholic priest. My name is Father Donald O'Malley. Oh, you're Catholic? I am. And the gate closes behind you and the front door is buzzed open. And I will approach the house. As you step in the front door, the first thing that greets you is a shrine to... The Mother Mary. Ah, a devout follower, I see. 
Yes, um, a woman comes around the corner. I... Before we moved to this country, my grandmother was a very strong believer, and it's... It's something we do to, to remember who we are. I understand. Uh, faith speaks to us in many different ways. So you've come to talk to the girls? Hopefully you'll be helping set them on a straight path. Uh, mostly I've come to see Selena, uh, as I believe she will be able to assist me uh, in my tasks set before me by our Lord. Oh, well, then please, please, right this way. And she leads you to the garage, where there is the sound of machinery and sparks and... You enter as Selena is working on graves. Hello, Selena. It's Father O'Malley. Uh, you remember me? She looks to you and moves her safety goggles to the top of her head. Yes, yes, Father O'Malley. To what way with the pleasure? Uh, well, in a recent uh, adventure that I had with the good Sir Osmond and young Trevor... Some damage befell my weapon, and I was hoping that you might be able to reforge it, uh, as it is currently cracked, and I fear that continued use may result in its destruction. And then I'll take out my uh, gym bag and unzip it, show her the sword inside. As you produce the sword, the mother's face goes pale, and she does the sign of the cross. Selena looks down on it. This looks like it is some kind of holy relic. It is. Uh, certainly, it has much divine power in it. As we are often told, the Lord helps them that help themselves. And I'm afraid, uh, as of right now, my best avenue towards repair is you. I've never worked on blessed weapons before. I, I'll, I'll be honest, too, I only... You generally work on what on, on armor. Well, if you believe that this is beyond your capacity to repair, I certainly will just uh, have to stow it away. I, I'm willing to try. I just... Um, this is not what I normally do. I understand that. However, uh, I believe that the Lord provided you as a resource in our missions with intent and purpose, so I believe that he can help guide you, and he believes in your capability to help repair our equipment in times of need. We're going to have you roll to manipulate someone again. Alright, a 5 and a 3 is an 8, plus a 3 is an 11. She reaches out and takes the sword from you. I will see what I can do. That is all I ask. So, can I, I get you some coffee or something? A coffee sounds delightful. Thank you. And the mother leads you back into the kitchen and pours you some coffee and serves some pastries. Back to Sir Osmond. Osmond, Osmond, Osmond. You burst into the office. And you see Luann is working on the schedule. 
Why, hi there, sugar. How you doing today? Why, my good lady Luann, it is very good to see you in good health. Oh, you look good yourself, too. Mm. It would appear that in my escapades, as a hero of this era, I have found myself a villain. You, you, you what now? Somewhere, there is a villain who sees through the eyes of the white rats of the sky. Yeah, seagulls are villains. We all know that. Verily. And it is this villain who has named you as someone to be targeted. Oh, no, he didn't. And I laughed in his face, for I knew full well the ladies of this era are themselves quite defensible. If he wants to come and bring it, well, my mama didn't raise me to take no guff from no man. Very much as I had thought. Foolish be the man to think himself able to topple. Hmm. I suppose this new establishment bequeaths you a new title. Perhaps the Lady of the, uh, did you call it the Burger Dome? Well, yeah, it's the Burger Dome, because, you know, we got the Thunderdome and we got the burgers. Yes. Two men enter, one hell of a burger. Yes. The Lady of the Burger Dome. Truly a fool would try to challenge her. And yet here I am, trying to see if I could catch glimpse, sight, or sound of the very villain who seeks to do harm upon you. And I begin to look around the room for any sign of mishap or seagull. You do not see one currently, but if you'd like, you can roll to investigate a mystery. Well, a five and a three, plus my sharp of one, leaves me with a nine. That'll give you a hold one. Since I assume she has been watched in the past, I wonder, where did it go? Looking out the window into the Burger Dome arena, there are seagull feathers here and there. And there's the proof. Feathers all about your arena. I look above it. Well, I will call the exterminator and get him in to get rid of those damn flying rats. Yes, truly an endeavor for a knight. I'm glad such an order exists. Do you perchance still have the... honor of being adjacent to the... Uh, the Princess Tiffany? I first met her at your previous establishment. Well, of course, she's, uh, she's been promoted to, to night shift manager. So upon the eve of night, uh, she is here. Well, yes. But did you come here looking for her, or did you come here looking for me? Yes. Her name was also mentioned by the villain. As well and true knight, I must make sure that all those are in danger are themselves safe. Brave though my words were to him. You could always, you know, spend some more time here and be our private security. You can be my, my bodyguard. Yes, I believe this could be useful. We could use this very room and search high and low 
use it to its full extent. I appreciate your offer, good Lady Luan, Lady of the Burgodome. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must get my comrades, that we may begin our investigation here post-with. And I leave. Og, your three friends have decided to take care of important business, and have scattered to the wind. You are standing there on the side of the street. Og, what would you like to do? Og hungry. Og hungry? Og hungry. Og hungry. So, you look around, and please roll to investigate a mystery. Og rolled boxcars. Something smells good. You you follow the source of the scent, and there on the beach is a group of teens having a barbecue. They're playing volleyball and drinking beers. Og want to make sure they don't have Mountain Sea Blast. It appears as though they are drinking some sort of fermented wheat beverage. Not Sea Blast. These could be friends. That sizzling sound. Og hungry. You walk up to the grill, and they are cooking several chunks of meat. Og will go to the grill, try and get hamburger. Og points at the food, points at his mouth. Whoa, buddy, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not done yet. Don't even have any uh, char marks in it. Og points at his teeth. Gives a thumbs up. Dude. That is one gnarly outfit you got going on there. How do you even find stuff fitted to a giant shark man? Og is man. Og is shark. Oh, that's that's pretty deep, man. Hey, someone to- toss me a brew for our new buddy. Uh, what's he say? What'd you say your name was, man? Og. Uh, Og here, yeah. Yeah, he's totally a shark. No way, man. That's so cool. Yeah, isn't it? And they hand you a beer. Eat the can? Eat the can. Eat the can. So, Og eats the can. Dude, if you're gonna shotgun it, you gotta... Uh, oh, man, whatever. Here, have another one. Eat the can. No, d- it, 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 it tastes better if you open the can first. See? Watch. And he hands you the open can. Og drinks it. And now Og is three beers in. But he's also a thousand pound shark man. So... Roll to see how well Og holds his liquor. A five and a five is a ten. Woo! Og literally drinks like a fish. At this point, someone puts on some beach party music. And the steaks come off the grill. Okay then, Mr. Shark Friend. You gotta, like, take a little bit at a time. You know? So you get to taste the flavor. You know, taste it. These are pretty good steaks. I eat the plate. Oh, man. Not supposed to eat the plate. Ah, oh, man, whatever. We're just going to move you over to hot dogs because I don't think you really appreciate the, the red meat there. 
he picks up a three-pound bag of hot dogs. He looks at the grill. He looks at the hot dogs. Uh, we know what, how this is going to go. And he just hands Og the pack of hot dogs. Do we see condiments? There is a table with condiments and buns and stuff set up, yes. Og was prepared for this. Og was taught how to make hot dogs. <laughs> and he makes hot dogs for the guests. <laughs> Does he grill them? Roll a d6. No, 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 it's 2d6. Arm roll the 7. He warms them up. He doesn't, he doesn't cook the hot dogs, but he toasts the buns. <laughs> Roast them with condiments. So after everybody eats their lukewarm hot dogs, <laughs> the watchful eye of the shark man, who is now wearing a apron that says, kiss the cook. But somebody has written in with a sharpie, don't. Above, kiss the cook. <laughs> they, they take Og over and try to teach him how to play volleyball. So let's roll to see how well Og can play volleyball. Og rolled a five and a one, so he's going to mark a point of experience, and he's going to eat the ball. <laughs> First person jumps up and spikes it at him, and he just <laughs> takes it out in one bite. <laughs> Is there a slow deflating noise or a sudden pop? <laughs> oh, he just swallowed the whole thing. <laughs> we, we cut to several days later, and for some reason, there's a volleyball clogging your toilet. <laughs> <laughs>